This evening's scripture verse comes from Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, verses 14 through 17. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at the table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of, of a physician, but those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. We're glad to have those that have joined us on live stream this evening. Thank you so much for being with us. I just want to say I really hope we don't have to do this a whole lot. I, um, I don't know how long this um, shelter-in-place type of thing is going to last and the government's going to ask us to do some of these things, but this is, this is not ideal. And I know that if you're worshiping with us at home, we're making the best of the situation that we can, but God's people need to be together. There is, there's a blessing that comes from God's people being with one another on the Lord's day. That's the way the Lord intended it. And we need to pray that there will be a swift end to people needing to stay home. With that in mind, one of the things that we've done as the Katy congregation, we have committed every single night at eight o'clock, we're going to stop what we're doing whether we're watching a movie or reading a book or uh, playing games with our family, whatever we're doing, we're going to stop at 8 o'clock and we're going to pray as a congregation. And so if you can imagine in your mind's eye, dozens and dozens of homes where moms and dads and kids and parents and grandparents are praying together. And we're praying that we can be reunited very soon as a congregation. We're praying that those that are sick can be made well. We're praying that God's will will be done through all of this and that more souls will be brought to him. So we'd ask you to join us. If you haven't been doing that, please join us every night at 8 o'clock p.m. Just stop what you're doing, spend some time praying about these matters. And God hears and answers prayer. We do believe that as his people. I had started a series dealing with how can I know I'm saved? And I decided this week that we're going to suspend that too. We might as well, we're suspending everything else. And so what we're going to do tonight is talk about Jesus. There is a lot of talk in the news about physicians and doctors and what they can and can't do and what they do and don't know. I want us to spend some time tonight thinking about the great physician. When you think about the life of Jesus, he spoke of himself as a physician. Oftentimes, people would think of him as a teacher, as a rabbi, but Jesus, at least on two occasions, mentioned himself being a physician. In Mark 2.17, that was just read by Tony a few moments ago, Jesus said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Jesus referred to himself as a physician there. And in Luke chapter 4, verse 23, Jesus was preaching to the people in the hometown where he grew up, and he said, Surely you will say this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. At least on two occasions, Jesus referred to himself as a physician. 
And when you stop and think about the life that Jesus lived, he spent a great deal of his time healing people, didn't he? When you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll find that word heal at least 55 times. And in almost every single instance where that word is used, it's used in reference to what Jesus is able to do. Not only that, but there are 75 references to Jesus healing people, and some of them are very general references. It's not just Jesus with an individual, but Jesus healing multitudes, healing all the people that were brought to him. Just a cursory statement. They brought all those who were sick and all those who were demon-possessed, and Jesus healed them. You'll read in passages like Matthew chapter 8, verse 7, and Luke chapter 9, verse 11. Jesus is a healer. He's a physician. And so what I want us to do with our study this evening is think about, first of all, the fact that Jesus is the great physician. There's never been a medical doctor like him. Not today, not ever. He is amazing in his ability. And then I want us to think about what it means to be well and what it means to be sick for just a few moments in our study this evening. When we think about Jesus, the great physician, think about this, first of all. In all of the cases and all of the problems that were brought to Jesus throughout his entire earthly ministry, he never once made a referral. A lot of times when you go to a doctor now, they will examine you and they'll see some symptoms or they'll, they'll be perplexed by what they do see and they'll say, I'm going to have to refer you to a specialist. We're going to have to call in the world's leading surgeon, the world's leading medic on this particular illness. But in every single case that was ever brought to Jesus, he never had to say, you know what? I'm going to have to go and consult somebody else on this. I'm going to have to ask Peter, Andrew, James, and John what they think ought to be done in this circumstance. Jesus is the great physician because he could heal every illness that was ever brought to him. When you think about Jesus, he specialized in impossible cases. Open your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 5 and look at verses 25 and 26. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 and 26. There was a woman, it says, in Mark chapter 5, verse 25. A woman who was an impossible case. Mark 5, 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. And it says in verse 26, she had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Here is an impossible case. And she dares to hope that Jesus can help her. She dares to hope that Jesus, the great physician, has a cure. She had spent everything that she had. Her entire nest egg, her entire livelihood had been spent on doctors. And instead of getting better, she got worse. But Jesus, the great physician, he specializes in impossible cases. Other physicians can't do what he is able to do. When you think about Jesus, the great physician, he never lost a case. There was never a time when Jesus said, I've done everything I can. Nothing more can be done for this person. In Mark chapter 9, verse 28, turn there in your Bibles with me if you would. A number of passages we're referring to this evening. But Mark chapter 9 and verse 28, the scripture says, Mark 9, 28, when Jesus had come into the house, the blind men came to him. And Jesus said to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? That's an interesting question to ask blind men. They come to him wanting to see, and he says, do you believe? Am I able to do this? And they say, yes, Lord. You know why they said, yes, Lord? 
They said, yes, we believe because they knew this physician, this doctor that they were coming to see, he never lost cases. He always healed. He always got it right. When we think about Jesus and who he is, he is the best physician in all of history. There has never been another like him. In Mark chapter 7, verse 37, the Bible says, Lo, he has done all things well. He makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. He's done all things well. Even the best doctors at the best hospitals in Houston or Dallas or anywhere else, they sometimes lose cases. They sometimes have to make referrals. They sometimes fail in trying to save people. Jesus, the great physician, never lost a case. He's amazing in all of his aspects. When you think about Jesus, the great physician, just think about the kinds of illnesses that he encountered. We've talked about this in times past, but when you look at Jesus, the great physician, he is the greatest pediatrician that ever lived. People whose children were sick, even to the point of death, came to Jesus and said, Lord, come and heal my daughter, Mark chapter 5, verse 23, and verses 35 through 42. On that occasion, he actually raised a little girl from the dead because he didn't arrive before she passed away. The greatest pediatrician, there's never been a better one. He is the greatest hematologist that has ever lived. This woman with the issue of blood dares to reach out and touch the very hem of his garment and immediately the power flows out of him and into her and she is healed. He can heal blood diseases. Not only that, he's the greatest ophthalmologist that's ever lived. He could cause the blind to see. You know, nowadays, ophthalmologists can do amazing things with eyes, eyesight. They can heal and they can do uh, surgeries of all different kinds. We live in a wonderful time in the world's history because of what we've been able to do with medical advancements. Jesus could make the blind to see just by speaking a word, an ophthalmologist. Not only that, he's an orthopedist. Luke chapter 13, verses 11 through 13, he makes the lame to walk. He is an ear, nose, and throat doctor. He can cause those who are mute to speak. He can cause those who have maladies of ears and nose and throat to be made whole. He is a neurologist, Matthew chapter 4, verse 24. He is one who can deal with issues of the mind, those who are epileptics and have other disorders that are neurological in nature. Jesus could heal them. And even infectious diseases, Diseases like leprosy. You know, it's interesting in modern times now, we're dealing with this pandemic and we have all kinds of people that are quarantining, whether by, by their choice or by, by the, what the government mandates. And all of that is to keep the infections from spreading. In the days of the Old Testament and the days of Christ, when someone came down with leprosy, they were forced to be quarantined, you remember? The Old Testament said they had to live outside of the cities. They had to stay away from people. And if anyone ever came around them, they had to put their, their hand over their face and they had to say, unclean, unclean. Jesus was not worried about infectious diseases. He walked up to lepers and not only did he agree to heal them, he touched them in the process of healing them. He is an infectious disease physician. There was never a time when Jesus was perplexed or overwhelmed or lacked the knowledge of what to do when it came to healing the diseases of this sin-sick world. He is the great physician. But I want you to know before we leave this point this evening 
that the ability that Jesus had to heal, it's not just for healing in and of itself. His ability to heal is a sign. The Bible clearly indicates that that's so. Turn in your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 2. Look at verses 9 and 10. Mark chapter 2 verses 9 and 10. The fact that Jesus could heal sicknesses and he could heal those who were lame and make them to walk and he could cause the blind to see, all of those realities, he really could do those things, those were a sign pointing to something else. In Mark 2 verses 9 and 10, Jesus asked the question, which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Question, why did Jesus heal the paralyzed man? Answer, to prove that he has the ability to forgive sins. That's what he said, not me. His ability to heal sicknesses is a sign pointing to his ability to heal something much more profound and much more lasting. Whatever illness we come down with, whatever malady we suffer from, those things we leave behind when we leave this life. When our soul leaves our body, our illnesses and our maladies, they stay behind, but not sin. Sin stays with us when we leave this world, when we leave this life. And if Jesus can heal paralytics, and if he can cause the blind to see, we can trust that he's telling the truth when he says, your sins are forgiven. Turn over to John chapter 20 and look at verses 30 and 31. John chapter 20, verses 30 and 31. John writes in John chapter 20 and verse 30. John 20, verse 30. Truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these signs, these miracles, are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life through his name. Why does the Bible tell us about Jesus, the great physician? Why does the Bible tell us about his ability to heal every sickness, every disease? Nothing perplexed him. These things are written that we may believe in him, that we may trust his power, and that believing we may have life through his name. That's why he's the great physician. That's why we need to come to him for this healing of our very souls, for the forgiveness of our sins. Having thought for just a few moments about Jesus, the great physician, let's spend some time going back to Mark chapter 2, verse 17, and think about the words of Jesus. In Mark 2.17, he said, those who are well have no need of a doctor, have no need of a physician. Only those who are sick go to the doctor. Well, that's a logical statement. That's true. People who are well don't go to the physician and try to find treatment. But here's a question. When Jesus is talking about those who are well in Mark chapter 2, verse 17, he's not talking about people who are physically well. He's not talking about people who, who don't have any illness. He's talking about people who don't think that there's any sin in their lives. The Pharisees were upset with Jesus because he was eating with sinners and tax collectors. And so when they criticized him for that, 
That was Jesus' response. Those who are well have no need of a physician. You Pharisees, you, tax, you, you, uh, you scribes, you don't think you need a doctor. That's why you're not spending time with me. Those who are sick, the sinners and tax collectors, they do think they need a physician. That's why I'm eating with them. Let's think about those who are well for just a moment. Even today, when you think about the pandemic that's going on, there are a lot of people that don't think they need help. But there's a much more serious pandemic that's happening in people's lives. It's called S-I-N, sin. People are suffering from the malady of sin, and there is no cure that you will ever find. No doctor can help you with your sin. Only Jesus, the great physician, can do so. But there are a lot of people that look at their lives and they don't think there's anything wrong and they don't think there's anything they need to repent of and they don't think there's anything that needs to change. Why is that? Why don't they think they need the great physician? I'll give you maybe five reasons. Some people look at their lives and they say, look at how healthy I seem. In Luke chapter 18, verses 9 and 10, Jesus told a parable to those who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. And he talked about a Pharisee who stood in the temple and prayed, Lord, I'm thankful that I'm not like other men. And he praised himself for all the good that he did. You know, sometimes you and I might look at our lives and we examine ourselves a little bit and we say, you know, I'm doing pretty well when it comes to serving God and when it comes to doing good. I'm doing some really good things in my life. Look at how healthy I am. Jesus said that man did not go down from the temple justified. Rather, it was the one that wouldn't even lift his eyes to heaven and said, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Look at how healthy I seem. Doesn't seem to be anything wrong. Some people don't think they need the great physician because they say, I have my reputation to consider. What are other people going to think? If I obey and go to the great physician and try to find help, what are they going to think if I allow him to change me and if I allow him to forgive me, to be forgiven of my sins? John 9 verse 41, the Pharisees, Jesus accused them of being blind. They were offended by that. They were offended by the insinuation that they didn't see the reality of the sin that was in their lives. Some people don't think they need help because they'll say things like this. Well, maybe it's something I ought to consider, but I'll just deal with this question later. On one occasion when Paul preached, the people that heard him said, some more convenient day, when I have a more convenient season, I'll call on you, Paul. I want to hear more about this Jesus, but not now, not at this moment. Some people are preoccupied with other concerns. I don't have time to worry about my sin. I don't have time to be concerned about the things that are afflicting my soul. I have other interests. The rich fool, concerned about tearing down his barns to build bigger ones, concerned about the things of this world, he was not giving attention to his soul. And God called him a fool for doing that. Luke 12 and verse 20. I'm preoccupied with other concerns. Some people don't think they need the great physician because frankly, they dread the prescription. There were people who needed to come to Jesus. And because of the strong teaching that he gave and because of the challenges that he set before mankind, because of his demand that people repent of their sin, they would not come to him and they would not hear him. Jesus said, who is my mother? Who are my sisters and brothers? Those who do the will of God. 
those are my brothers and my sisters. We need to think about the prescription that the great physician gives. Third this evening, Jesus said in Mark 2:17, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Let's think about how those who are sick can be healed from their sin. Just think with me for a few moments. How can sick people be healed when it comes to our soul's diseases? In the first place, if I want to find healing from the great physician, I've got to agree that there's a problem. I've got to take a good look at myself in light of not what I think and not what society thinks about me, but in light of what God's Word has to say about my condition. What does God's Word say about the way I've been living? What does God's Word say to me about the way that I stand before Him? In Romans 3, verses 10 and verse 23, the Apostle Paul said, There's none righteous, no, not one. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We must agree that there's a problem. If we want to be healed from our sin, we must believe that Jesus is the one who can save us. He's the only one who can save us. You remember when Peter walked out on the water? And the Bible says that for a while he was doing fine, but then he started to look at the waves and he saw how strong the wind was and he took his eyes off Jesus and he began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. It's interesting that he didn't cry out to the people in the boat. Andrew, James, John, save me. He cried out to Jesus because he knew he is the only one who could save him in his condition. In Mark 4, verse 28, if only I may touch his clothes, I can be healed. In Mark chapter 10, verse 46, blind Bartimaeus cried out, Jesus, son of man, have mercy on me, son of David. And when they told blind Bartimaeus to be quiet, the Bible says he cried out all the more. He knew that the great physician was the only one who could cause him to see. We must believe that he's the one that can save us from our sin if we're going to find cleansing, if we're going to find healing. You must allow him to treat all of you. Some people come to Christ and they only want him to fix part of their lives. They only want him to remove the guilt. They only want him to remove the, the, the sin. They don't want to be transformed from the inside out. They don't want to live a transformed life, a life that follows Scripture wholeheartedly. They don't want to live the kind of life that is a praise and a glory to God. Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, a living sacrifice. But if we want the great physician to heal us, we've got to allow him to heal everything about us continually coming to him and listening to his word and allowing our minds and our hearts and our spirits to be renewed by what he teaches in his word. We got to allow him to treat all of us if we're going to find healing. Those who are sick, number four, must follow his prescription. There is no other way to find healing but to do what the great physician tells you to do. In Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16, turn there in your Bibles with me if you would. Mark chapter 16, verses 15 and 16. The great physician, after he rose from the dead, gave what is called the great commission. And in Mark 16, verse 15, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's a prescription. To every creature, he who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. 
The great physician said that the way that people are healed, the way that they find cleansing and forgiveness is by believing and being baptized. It's in the waters of baptism that we find the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ. The blood is what washes away our sin. The water of baptism is the when. It's the moment. It's the point in time when somebody who is lost, who is sick, finds healing, finds cleansing. That's the great physician's prescription. What is the prescription for your life and mine? When we think about the great physician and what he offers all of us, he wants us to come to him to find healing, to find cleansing, to find forgiveness. And what people are to do is to hear his word and believe that he really is the only one that can help us. He really is the only one that can save us. We are to repent of our sin, to live a transformed, a changed life. We are to confess that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and we are to be baptized for the remission of our sins. Maybe you're listening via live stream and you have questions about these matters. We would love to visit more with you about these things. We would love if you'd reach out to us. There are two email addresses on the screen. That's mine and our associate minister, Jordan Moore. Reach out to one of us. Call us here at the church office. Reach out to us in any way that you can find. We'd love to sit down and talk with you about the gospel and what Jesus, the great physician, can do to help you to obey the gospel. As we think about these matters tonight, we're going to sing a song right now. And my question for you to contemplate is this. There was never a disease, a sickness that Jesus couldn't heal. You and I need to contemplate this question. Is there sin in my life that I need to bring to him, the great physician, that I need to find healing and cleansing from? Let's sing the song of invitation together. Thank you for your attention.